Welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast with me, Kathy Love. I'm a business coach who helps allied health professionals run powerful and profitable businesses in the disability sector. Join me for cutting edge interviews with leaders in the allied health and business fields, along with plenty of practical content that you can use to make your business practice perfect. Zooming it up and in the podcast chat today with Michelle Turkelson and um, Michelle and her sister Jan are the founding CEOs of um, People Leaders. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Kathy. Nice to be here. It's weird not being here with Jan. <laughs> it is so weird not having Jan here. Um, we have a chance of, you know, having a, a, an, a an exchange, a volley across the little white light. So um, we were just saying before we hit record, we'll get, we'll do 2.0 and bring Jan in because you guys have been up to all sorts of awesome in the last few months by the sounds of it. We have, you know, we, 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 I'm sure that we didn't coin the phrase that crazy is the new busy, but um, yeah, I like to think that we do. More, so many of our clients, including us, have you know come out of COVID with um, a, a real sort of verve and um, uh, just more work than we could have imagined <laughs> when we first yeah. went into COVID. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, we'll, you know, which is encouraging because people, you know, still believe, as we do, how important leadership development is uh, and particularly going through um, the changes that we had been going through uh, in COVID. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about what what uh, what you do, who you work with, how you do it. Sure, sure. So uh, Jan and I work predominantly uh, with leaders and their teams. Uh, from medium-sized to large corporates. Working with leaders, we do a lot of coaching and increasingly leadership development programs. So at this very moment, we have about five uh, or six leadership programs on the hop. So we do a combination. We have our own leadership program, uh, which is run virtually, and we have people from all over the world now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're in our round four now of that, which is fantastic. And particularly when we do the group coaching, every Everybody um, can share ideas with one another on how they're applying the tools and how they're using some of the strategies. It's just wonderful um, learning from one another. Oh, you would be in your element in that group cohort. Yes, yes. We, we love the group coaching because what we do is we play the role of a facilitator yeah. rather than, you know, the guru that has all the answers. We share the content with people uh, in our program and then when the group coaching happens, that's when that that's the real spark um, really. When they totally hear you on that. Totally hear you on that. Um, it has just been a constant source of surprise and delight and pride as well about um, uh, stepping into that role of facilitating, you know, big questions and powerful conversation with the business owners that I work with in our mastermind programs. Mm. And whilst you can sort of say shared wisdom is a bit of a tagline and a promo line, it is so the truth. It is just remarkable what what gets shared and what gets challenged and what gets just questioned. It's good. Yeah, I gave up years ago, you know, trying to be the guru. And what I realise is that we we learn, as facilitators, learn so much from everybody contributing their truth 
and their expertise. And I think the real, uh, you know, test of a facilitator is when you can bring out the uh, the knowledge of the group um, yeah. Yeah. with one another rather than, yeah. you know, being you know, the lecturer yeah. or the teacher. Yeah. Do you think we should actually even say that there's many an occasion where we actually take away more than the people in the group? <laughs> <laughs> will, we, or will we not tell anybody about that? <laughs> so just a little I, trade secret. I know. I thank them all the time. You know, yeah. I, you know, the answer's always in the room. It's not not with me. The answer's always in the room. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. 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 And we've um, well, I know I've certainly been involved in group coaching and group mentoring programs. And what you learn from the questions other people ask is often the question you want to ask, but for some reason you haven't. And you learn more about other people's stories and situations and learnings and flurnings. Um, and uh, you learn so much when you're facilitating. You learn about yourself, but you learn about others and the glue that holds people, groups together. And, oh, so much, so much good yeah. stuff. Look at me. I'm rubbing my hands together. It's very good. And, and what's interesting, Kathy, in the, this whole group coaching process is by hearing somebody else articulate the problem and you not being on the spot thinking oh how you know I need to answer that sort or of starting to flush yes exactly here, here you are in a very relaxed state observing and um, absorbing the knowledge mm. without being you know the person in the hot seat so to speak and you know there are just so many angles from which I think group coaching uh, yep. has uh, yep. you know a, something rich to contribute to leadership development it's just like I don't know it's it's brilliant I love it yep same 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 snap on that one <laughs> so uh, you guys were super busy during COVID 2020 you know that year remember that one um, oh, yeah. So, you know, within uh, I think the first couple of weeks of COVID, all of our work dried up, Kathy, because we had a lot. Uh, I mean, we did have some online. Um, our own leadership program has been always online. Uh, but other than that, all of our face-to-face work dried up within like a week or two. Mm. Uh, we ran a few webinars with people and people became, you know, comfortable with the idea, oh, yeah, maybe we can do leadership development and group coaching and team team um, building and conflict resolution uh, virtually and and then once people got the hang of it then yeah it was all systems go yeah well done well done well done and so what did you notice about what were your observations about leadership last year yeah without a doubt those people who had put in the work prior to COVID reaped the benefits So those leaders who were used to checking in with their team, who were used to having sort of team development work, who um, were used to having a routine and a rhythm about team meetings and one-on-one catch-ups and some of those real basics in terms of good leadership development fared so much better. Yeah. Yeah. The crack started to show early with teams that didn't. And so, yeah, we were... In. <laughs> yep. I would add to that list what I witnessed amongst our clients was just I'm um, just mind-bending was also um an ability to um a, a, a confidence in decision their decision making as well mm-hmm. and so they sort of engaged team to the right amount but they understood that they were ultimately responsible mm-hmm. for the decision and the implementation of measuring the effectiveness and so 
they really, under pressure, got those diamonds of stepping into their leadership power um, with this with this confidence. They may have looked a little more confident on the outside than on the inside, but um, they were decisive. They stepped forward. They reassured, but they were also realistic as well mm-hmm. and um, really sort of just strode very elegantly and authentically those few paces ahead mm. um, in those early kind of days yeah and what do you think drove that for, for your clients Kathy yeah had, had they been putting in the work prior to that or it was you completely know, they- and utterly this is not a Bradbury you know you know you know Stephen Bradbury the um <laughs> speed skater <laughs> yeah, hey like yeah, he yeah. didn't win the medal because four people fell over like he had 20 years prior and a ton of surgeries and just thousands millions of hours of training so it was a circumstance that positioned him well but it you know, he, he got himself in the race. He got himself in the race. So absolutely, um, you know, it was the, the 10 years before, in a way. Um, it, it was about a commitment to culture, a commitment to creating and sustaining remarkable people. Um, it was about focus and having a strategy, even if it was changing by the half day at times. Mm. Um, it was about that cadence of communication and rhythms that mm. they they had a really solid base to work from both personally and as a team. Um, and then that really positioned them to be able to bring clients with them into the, into the yeah. somewhat unknown. Yeah. yeah. And 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 what did you notice about the people who who didn't fare so well? What what was your, you know, reflection on that? Did, did you have clients? Yeah, look, I I you know I often say that I do look at the allied health world through rose coloured glasses because our clients are, are spectacular. You know, they've put their hand up, mm-hmm. um, and they've kind of reached out for the assistance and guidance that they you know know they deserve and feel that they need so um i think what what springs to mind when you ask that question is that below the line thinking and we know what that is that um that uh blame and excuses and denial and tension and and stress and um that there that there was they were choosing not to inform themselves maybe i don't know what happens in those brains those beautiful human brains um there could have been just um a latency of information a latency of decision just sitting too far back to watch and wait to see what everyone else was going to going to do you really the 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 pace of of decisions and inflammation was so swift that you just couldn't sit too far back. Oh, that's so true. You know, the, the, the other insight that we had and that we noticed is that, you know, people looking after their mental, emotional and physical well-being uh, fared so much better, uh, both yep. the leaders and, you know. Yep, absolutely, for sure. And so we had, you know, when it first hit, there were some people, here they had an hour or two back in their day that they didn't have to commute, yet they were rolling out of bed and flipping on their, um, you know, their laptop and starting work still in their pajamas. And Commit to conduct. Got to be productive. I have to do this work because there's so much coming down the pipeline. And those those people that did step mm. back and said, hey, I'm going to use this time to go out for a walk, to get my head right, I'm going to take lunch breaks with the kids because well, I'm having to homeschool, and they were really creative about how they did that, mm. man, did it show. 
did it show? Yeah, that is a good call. That is a really, really good call. And the business owners that um, I hang with, their commitment to team and team welfare and, yeah. you know, Australia Post, honestly, they, I think um, allied health business owners really kind of sustained Australia Post with the delivery of <laughs> gifts and books and journals and cheese yeah. boxes and dessert boxes and hand lotion and a candle and just a card that says I love you you know it was you know the, that gifting and that care and that attention to detail was um above and beyond I guess is the cliche but it was just so heartfelt yeah 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 and that's what really stood out for us as exceptional leaders were those that had the high care factor yeah uh, yeah but with you know those sort of gifts yeah. uh, and acts of kindness, but also, you know, giving people their time, you know, was yeah. really checking in. Yeah. 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 So what do we want to see more of, you know, that, that pressure and that kind of exponential leadership growth that we saw last year? What, what do you want to see more of? rolling into this you year know, and- well, without a doubt Kathy I think it all starts with us we talk about you know um, being a leader I feel that all of us are leaders in our own sphere in our own you know home Stuff. Work, family yeah Stuff. and so it is about self-leadership I think that mm. is that is going to create that change and I think there's a lot of pressure that is put on people who have that formal responsibility of being leaders. But the more I feel that those formal leaders can create environments that allow the people that report to them to be leaders, that mm-hmm. is really going to be a game changer for um, for businesses, um, mm-hmm. for the world, actually, when we can all take more, you know, self-responsibility and accountability um, for our own growth and development, which is self-leadership, self-mastery. Lead yourself first and then yeah. lead others. Yeah. 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 A lot more of that. And are you are you seeing that kind of play out? Are people investing in themselves more? Are they investing in themselves? Oh, well, what I have noticed is the millennials are very interested in investing in themselves. They are interested in personality profiling. They are mm. interested in about how they tick, about how others tick. And so that is definitely something that we have um, that is on our radar, actually. Uh, yep. Millennials are very interested in that self-development. And people who uh, have that high achievement focus, uh, I think, have put two and two together and realised, man, self-awareness is one of those basic things that I need in my leadership toolkit, and so I'm going to invest in that. <laughs> like yeah. that is coming from a more logical sort of approach. But, yeah, yep. definitely noticed that. I think there's also be a, been a questioning of work and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of this whole work-life balance label. I think we could call it something better. I think, honestly, it's just all life. But mm-hmm. just where work fits into life, literally, like where you do your work and when mm-hmm. you do your work and how you do your work. Um, oh, and- that's been, yeah, a huge change for particularly our corporates who – who realised yeah. actually, you know, we had 200 people in our call centre that we never thought because they, you know, they've asked us for years, can we do it from home? Can we have this, you know, part-time system? And didn't think it can work. And they are actually building that into the way that they operate now is this hybrid um, type of work situation mm. where people can work from, from home uh, part-time, full-time, and really, you know, we talked about agile working a couple of years yeah. ago. It's real now. Back like, to the future. 
tried and tested now. <laughs> no excuses. Yeah, yeah. So still, you know, always, always lots of good stuff to look forward to and perhaps a, a polishing off of some old, more familiar kind of themes and maybe embracing and stepping forward with, you know, hybrid workplaces, mm-hmm. more agile, dynamic teams and potentially, you know, an evolving and accelerated style of leadership to be able to manage across remote teams, bricks and mortar teams, onshore, offshore, all sorts, like it's it's just all gone up in the air and the good stuff's falling down, I reckon. That's right, because, you know, this issue of presenteeism and, you know, I need to be able to see people in order to manage them, like it doesn't, doesn't work like that anymore. And so you need a new way of leading people, of engaging people that isn't based on I need to see you and I need mm. to be, you need to be present in order for us to have a productive working relationship, which has um, become sort of an uncomfortable feeling for some managers who was who have always had that, you know, had their team around them, used to walking in and giving, you know. But, it's and a bit now, unprofessional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and now, well, yeah, exactly. Now they've, they've got to, you know, how do I motivate and encourage and, and um, you know, get this, this team humming when I can't see them and they're not around me? Yeah, we need Ooh, to. Sounds like trust to me. <laughs> yeah, big one. And. And that's the other thing in a lot of our workshops when we ask um, leaders and we we also do a bit of a, um, a touch base with team members, what would you like to get out of the workshop? Increasingly this issue of trust is coming up over and over and over again. On our website we look at um, like Lencioni's uh, five dysfunctions of a team and one of the base oh, areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People love it, love it, love it, can't get enough mm. of it. And increasingly mm. we're building into our workshops this idea of how to build trust. There's a great book by Covey and it's called The Speed of Trust. Highly recommend it to your people. Which Covey? Yeah. Show me. Yeah, it's Stephen. Son. Yeah, The Speed of Trust. Fan. Oh, I haven't read that one. Yeah, very practical. It looks at what are the key elements to build trust um, how do I extend trust? How do I develop it within my team and as a leader? Really good. And we, we've we've turned this into a very practical how-to. I mean, we love doing that. We love taking the theory and putting it into practice. So, yeah, trust has been a big one, Kathy. Definitely, definitely. Keep talking. I'm writing the name of the book down. Yeah, yeah, trust has been um, a really big one. And, you know, and, and what's so interesting about it, it's not this amorphous thing, trust. You know, it's very practical. It's like mm. doing what you say you're going to do. It's yeah. um, clarifying expectations. It's keeping your commitments. It's trying to do, your, you know, it's doing your, it's very practical. That's what we love about it. It's very, very practical. Alrighty, I'm off to the bookstore after this, <laughs> which happens to be across the road. So it's a very, um, yes, a very good, good little place across there. So you guys are just leadership you know you're all over it and so on the back of last year what what are you working on uh by way of programs and thoughts and supports at the moment sure so in terms of programs we're we're you know doing multiple programs but there is one core element that all of our pro well two core elements one is and it all starts with self-mastery we have a model that has you know three interlinking circles and that is, you know, what do I need to do the what? And then there's the how. And then the third interlinking circle is who. Who do I need to be mm-hmm. as a leader 
in this situation, no matter what situation it is. And so this is a model that we use in all of our um, in all of our modules, actually, at the start of a module, whether it's the difficult conversations module, you know, we ask the question, so who do I need to be? Is it in, in, in having this difficult conversation, is it someone who is kind and curious and open and, you know, w- willing to hear the other person? What is it that I want to achieve? I want to achieve a really clear understanding about, you know, what went wrong and how to do it better. And the how is what is the process I'm going to use in order to yeah. do this? I'm going to plan. I'm going to get the facts right. I'm going to, you know, acknowledge that I had a role to play. You know, it's those sorts of things. And so that is one of the models that we, uh, that's our model actually, we love it. Um, it's one of that we bring into each of our modules as an introduction to the content that works pretty well. Yeah. yeah. And before we hit record, which we're very lucky to even remember to hit record, we were talking about leadership shadows and yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm absolutely okay. intrigued. Yes. And Talk, so, so just yeah, keep talking. Yeah, I'll so just sit back and listen. Okay. So Jan and I came across this concept of uh, leadership shadow a little while ago. And when we think about leadership shadow in in a leadership sense, we're talking about, you know, what is the shadow that you cast, you know, Mm. and it's a bit like the the wake of a wave. What is the, you know, what is that wake that you leave behind as you move through this leadership journey? And uh, a group of people who were looking at, and in Australia, by the way, at gender balance, and it was introduced uh, by Pine Street Goldman Sachs in in their work with uh, gender diversity with a group of um, organisations in Australia, came up with this concept of uh, looking at the leadership shadow from a very sort of practical uh, behavioural framework. And it is, again, four interlinking circles. Um, I love the circle. Oh, we love the circles and we Mm. love the interlinking as well because what that interlinking is, it shows alignment and congruence between all of those sort of four Mm. elements of this leadership shadow. So what is the shadow that I'm casting? And so, for example, what I say is one of the, Mm. the circles. So, you know, how do I frame issues? You know, how do I set the context for problem solving or for, you know, solving an issue with my team or moving forward on a on a project, for example? What are the words that I use? What are the phrases that I tend to repeat? Am I a should person? Am I a could person? Am I a we, a we or is it, you know, it's those sorts of things. Yeah, us, you. Yeah, and a lot of us have blind spots to yeah. our don't we? Absolute habits, defaults that we just don't even pick up on. Yeah, and and so we in our program we we ask people. So what is that phrase that you tend to use a lot? And maybe you could ask your team members: Is there a phrase that I use? Are there words that I use a lot? You know, some people you know tend to use metaphor as a means to mm. describe you know their yeah, what their thought process. Mm. And so that's one of them. It's like, how do I frame issues and what are the words that I choose and um, and what are those phrases that, you know, set the scene, so to speak? So that's one of them, what I say. And then the next one, it's like, how do I act? You know, the doing, the behaviour. So how do I act in terms of my behaviours? What are those symbols in terms of, um, you know, how I'm, you know, what, 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 what what message am I giving by my symbols? And I'll just tell you a little story about something I listened to on YouTube the other day. And it was like, I think 
you know, this person was was a coach who was saying to their leader, I think you really underestimate the impact that you have on people. Would you be open to this experiment? Yeah, okay. And so she she got him to carry around a journal. So it was I, it was a I don't know a leadership journal or some sort of mm-hmm. journal. And she said, I want you to do two things. Every time you go up onto the podium to speak, carry the journal. Every time that you go into a meeting, just carry it with you and then put it on the table. And and then after a couple of weeks, and then so that's one thing. And then I want you to see in the corporate library how many journals of that of that journal were um, in in circulation before this experiment and then after the experiment. Anyway, a couple of weeks went by and every meeting, yes, he did what what he was supposed to do. Hey, guess what happened? Uh, At the end of the experiment, yeah, all uh, many of those, you know, exact same journals had been taken out because, again, this amplification principle comes into play. We do not, uh, you know, we underestimate the impact that we as leaders are going to have. And that was the, the symbol. And and so how I act, that was an example of the the symbolism in how I how I act. And the other way to do that is so what relationships am I fostering? And so as a leader, am I fostering relationships with other uh, business units, with people external to our organisation, mm. or is it just, you know, the same people that I've always dealt with? And so what message in terms of how I act and the relationships that I'm fostering, what message am I giving to my team? Conscious so, or not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Yeah, and so so that's the second circle. And the, the, the third circle is so what do I prioritise? Do I prioritise mm. my one-on-one um, check-ins? Do I prioritise our team meetings? Or, you know, do I uh, prioritise my meetings with the most senior people in the organisation and not the people who report to me? And, and I don't want to make a judgement on what yeah, yeah. But it's just being aware. So what do I prioritise? What are the sort of, you know, disciplines and the routines uh, and the meetings that I Mm. have that show people, you know, my leadership shadow about what is important because we do schedule, whether we like it or not, around our priorities at the end of the day, don't we? Um, So what what am I as a leader, what do I prioritise? And then comes into play, and we were talking about this earlier, Kath, is my health and my well-being. Do I prioritise that? Because I tell you what, my team are looking at that as well. And if I prioritise that, it almost gives us permission. Well, if they're doing it and they're really successful, there might be something in this. (laughs) And also, you know, prioritising your own leadership development and your learning. Do you circulate articles? Or maybe it doesn't have to be as heady as that. But, you know, could there be something interesting or a questionnaire that you would um, circulate? So what do I prioritise is Mm. another um, element of this leadership shadow. And then the last one, very practical, what do I measure? You know, mm. what do I tend to measure and reward and recognise and hold people to account? That will give you a really clear indication um, as somebody who looks at their leader um, you know, feels, oh, that must be important because what you tend to measure is what we manage and what we manage, we measure, it's that, you know, know, that co-relationship. And so what are the things that I measure? And then some leaders say, actually, I don't measure anything. Um, And then we say, okay, well, that's interesting because maybe you do, but it's not in a formal way. 
However, what we would always encourage leaders to do is to start measuring those things that they think are important because then people will start, and there have been so many studies on, you know, what people tend to measure in an organisation is what people then will start to prioritise. Mm. Oh, sounds so good. I can totally appreciate how it has captivated you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great little model, isn't it? And yeah. you, know, it's something that you could, you know, keep by your desk, you could journal. So what did I say today, you know, in terms of my leadership? How did I act? What did I prioritise? And what did I measure? You know, today, this week, this month, it's a, you can use it as a reflective tool as well. And it's it's robust and it's integrated and interrelated, but it's also agnostic. It doesn't yeah, it, it doesn't matter whether you're in the C suite with a you know huge view, um, exactly. or whether you're a solopreneur in a startup private practice or leading a team within an organisation. Well, totally yeah. portable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a really um, really good practical um, framework. We love it. We love yeah, it. Yeah, sounds good. And what else are you guys up to? What else are we up to? It is just, uh, it's Leadership Central at the moment and team development. So the other thing that Jan and I spend a lot of time um, on is working with leadership teams and we Mm. follow and work with leadership teams over the course of an extended period, say nine months. I've been working with a leadership team for a couple of years now. Mm. Just go in, you know, every six weeks and we look at, you know, what are the key issues that they're facing? Um, we've done their Myers-Briggs and as new team members come in, the dynamic changes and therefore we focus. And at, at the beginning of the year, middle of the year, end of the year, we do a thing called team-based planning where the mm-hmm. whole team gets together. And I did a session with the with the team just yesterday or the day, day before, and we do things like, you know, what's the, we'll do a SWOT analysis on the team, what are the strengths, weaknesses and opportunities and threats. Uh, we have a look at developing a team purpose statement. We mm-hmm. look, we do a stakeholder analysis. So who are our key stakeholders? And a really great question that we use that they feel is really useful is what would our key stake, one, we identify them and then we say, what would our key stakeholders say about us now? And mm-hmm. then what do we want them to say to about say, our future, future state? Mm-hmm. Totally. And then and then it's like fill in the gaps. Okay, so how do we get from here to here? Or actually, we don't know what they'd say. Well, there you go. There's an opportunity mm-hmm. to go and ask them. And, and then, you know, and then we go through the process of, um, you know, then we do the team purpose statement. We have a look at team values. What are your personal values? What are a set of team values that we could use to guide our behaviours? And then we move into, you know, identifying, so what does success look like for us as a team? Yeah. How will we even know if we're successful or when we become more successful? Back to that measurement piece. Absolutely. And Mm. then we try and, you know, ground that into a set of objectives. Mm. So what, you know, if we were to be really successful in the next six to nine or 12 months, uh, what are the things that we want to have achieved? And then we apply the SMART to that. Um, Mm. we the other key thing that a lot of teams don't do is ask the question, so what are we going to let go of? Because Ooh, what, what are we going to stop doing? Probably. That's because a very unhuman thing to ask, I've decided. Adding, adding, adding. Yeah. And then another practical tool is put it up on a calendar and you have a look at all the things that you say that you're going to do and when you're going to have them done by and then you can step back and do a bit of a resource plan around it. Mm. And there is something very powerful about visually 
putting on, you know, on the on on, on the board or on, you know, yep. where people can see it, you know, what you're going to, to achieve at what, you know, point in time. And, and then people have got their eye on that all the time. It's like, oh, man, I've only got another eight weeks and then it becomes six, four, three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, all-nighter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of that. So yeah, a lot of yeah, teamwork and um and leadership development and trying to be as practical as we can for people. Mm, yeah. And their teams and 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 the leaders. Yeah. So if you know, I'll, I'll just sort of throw you the crystal ball. What yep. um you know, what what do you think the rest of 2021 is really going to roll out and and bring us? No idea, Kathy. No idea. No, no idea. Uh, you know, I could, and and that's what you know is so amazing about this thing called uh, leadership and life is that mm. we do have no idea. But what I do know is that um, people who do look after what I think is their greatest gift, which is their mind, body, spirit, and look after themselves first, mm. are yeah. going to fare well in whatever life presents to to mm. them. And I see that I've I've actually just in the last six months been working with smaller teams like real estate agents and um, engineering firms and that sort of Mm. thing uh, where the driver of the business tends to be the owner of the business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, yeah, and a lot of stress uh, (laughs) for for those people. But when they get their health under control uh, and they have a, a pretty optimistic, realistic mindset. They tend to be, um, I don't know, it just has that flow-on effect for the for the whole business. Yeah. You find that? Oh, totally, totally, totally. Um, one of my all-time favourite quotes. So it's so my favourite that's actually on my Facebook profile. It's Jim Rowan. Um, your level of success will rarely exceed your level of personal development. Oh, I love it. Isn't that a goodie? Yeah, it's a beauty. Yeah. And so it, it is about the business will rarely be better than you are. Yeah. So that's... it's kind of a bit of a kick to get yourself in in shape. And that doesn't mean that you're, you know, training where well, you are in some ways metaphorically training to run a marathon in business. Mm. But it is about those sustaining practices that are unique to you and relevant and impactful to you. Mm. And it, it's not about a judgment call about, you know, what you do and don't do it's about your commitment to self yeah and that's so true and when you are in a small business and you are at the top of that pyramid so to speak the boss the ceo the um the mm. I don't know, founder uh it, you are used to people saying yes to you or what you know the buck stops with yeah. you when you are the, the the boss so how do you get that honest feedback because you don't have a set of colleagues like they do in a corporate environment um, that can give you feedback that you can look at, oh, that's what good looks like. It's sort of like, how do you do that? Mm. And you, you actually have to do your own development or, or do or get a coach like you do for them, you know, because mm. it, 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 it's very difficult, you know, for, for small business owners. Yep, um, you can, you know, roll along in your own bubble with your own group think and exactly. just yep. sort of delightfully optimistically hallucinating about <laughs> what's going on or what's not going on um mm-hmm. yeah so it I guess I guess that um the work you do the work I do it brings perspective and some objectivity mm-hmm. and and brings that uh that question of well what if yeah 
Yeah. And, and you know what, and people, I was just talking, I'm working with a real estate agency uh, today and what they do. So they've brought me in because they're going through massive change and that sort of thing. But what they do, which I think is fantastic, is they have a third person who is almost like a chairman of the board because there are two partners. Mm-hmm. Whenever they have a decision that they need to, to, to be made, this third person, the chairman of the board, inverted commas, um, you know, casts the deciding vote, so to speak, or, you know, gives them really wise counsel. So um, I think it's good to be on the search for, you know, mentors, coaches, journal yeah. parties, just to give you that different perspective. Uh, it's really yep. worthwhile. Yep. Lights up the blind spots, yeah. but also lights up the path ahead because sometimes it, it can, yeah, you can lose your way a bit. Yeah. Yeah. True. true. Beautiful. Well, any last kind of words of wisdom for allied health business owners? Uh, yeah, you know, emphasis on health <laughs> at the end of the mm. day. You know, you. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, it is just so obvious to me working across industries at different levels that they are the people that succeed through this period of change are the people who are looking after their own mental, emotional, physical health and their teams. So yeah. do that. Start with that. Yep. Yep. Oh, absolutely love it. So let's reconvene in a couple of weeks when Jan is able to yeah, grace yeah, us with her presence and we can dig a little deeper into the Leadership Shadow and some of your other other programs. I feel as though we almost need to do a book club. I'm almost trying to read the books behind. Oh, you've got Atomic Habits sitting there as well. Yeah, and look, one of my um, – Oh, yeah, The Strength Finder, love that. Uh, and uh, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, The Eighth Habit, which is, you know, and Difficult Conversations, Seven Habits, one of our all-time favourites. Yep. Oh, yeah, Stephen anyway. Covey, yep. seven. So maybe we'll just have a book club and we'll bring our books and um, compare it. But, yeah, great to um, great to catch up, Michelle. Thank you so much for your time. Please send my regards to Jan yeah, and we will reconvene and do 2.0. Um, <laughs> and kind of bring some more leadership value to um, allied health business owners. Thank you so much. Sounds great, Cathy. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit practicemadeperfectpodcast.com. While you are there, you can subscribe for future episodes and continue your business adventure with me. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The Private Practice Made Perfect podcast is brought to you by Experts on Air Podcast Network.